So glad to be with you guys today. Let's just join in a, another quick moment of prayer for all those that aren't here today, that there would be just this overwhelming guilt <laughs> that they ruined the Christmas spirit in just three days and that they'll be here at 11. Just kidding. Sort of. <laughs> sort of kidding. My name is Joe Davis. I'm the lead teacher here in the garden, and we're continuing our series. It's a nine-month lectionary series called Move Over, and now we're starting in the Gospel of Mark, and we'll be here for the next few months. And the theme is to make room for Jesus in your life, and it's a great way for us to start this last message in this little mini-series within the series called Fresh Starts. <clears throat> and so this is step five. We've been doing each one of these each week during Advent, and this is the last Sunday of Advent, and so this week we're calling it No Generics. Now, some of you that are a little bit more savvy with social media, you get my um, Sunday sermon previews, hashtag Sunday sermon previews, and, and as you know, one of the things I said this week was that generic brands will save you money, but they often don't taste as good. Would you guys agree with that? Some of you, oh no, they taste great. Liar. They're terrible, and I'll prove it to you later. But what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 14 to 20. Just kind of look at this passage with me. <clears throat> now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And then we have a little heading there that I forgot to take out. Jesus calls the first disciples. That's not part of the passage. Just go to verse 16. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea because, well, they were fishermen. <clears throat> and that's what fishermen do. I added that. That's not in the scripture either, the part about what fishermen do. Verse 17. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Hear what he said. Follow me, and I will make you, compel you to become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in a boat mending their nets. They also were fishermen. And I imagine he probably used the same line, come with me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately he called them and they left their father in the boat with the hired servants. And they also followed him. This is a pretty amazing thing that happens here. Like, we like, what we like to do here in the gardens, we like to go through three applications of Scripture each week. The first is the historical application. What about man? What did he do? Why did he do it? So that's the historical part. Then we look at the theological. What about God? What did he do? Why did he do it? And then after that, when we understand the passage, we can look at the devotional application, which is what about me? What do I do and why should I do it? So historical, no wasted time. That's what I want you to look at. First of all, <clears throat> here's what happens in the passage. John has been going around the countryside preaching the gospel to a lot of people about repentance and making way for Jehovah. He was fulfilling the prophecy in Isaiah. And he is arrested now, so his ministry is now over. His public ministry where he's preaching is now over. And Jesus takes over the preaching of the message of John. He had been preaching what John had been preaching, which is the gospel message. John had been preaching it already, so the basics of the gospel had already been heard by many in the region. And it wasn't like this was a brand new thing, like with this Jesus guy, he's preaching what? And matter of fact, later on we learn that people say, 
This sounds like the message that John was preaching in the wilderness. So it wasn't a totally new message because John, according to Scripture, according to the prophecy, had prepared the way. He had plowed the fields already for Jesus to come right in and preach this gospel. So many would be familiar with the phrase, repent and believe in the gospel. And so Jesus is doing that, and one of the very first things he does is he calls to repentance for men. And so he says, you know, repent. What it means is to turn from sin and dedicate yourself to amending your life. That's what repent means, to turn from sin and dedicate yourself to changing your life. And he calls four men with this message. And when he calls them, understand what's happening. All they were doing was what they had been doing every day of their lives from when they were kids to now. Because you understand the way the culture worked, whatever your dad did for a living, you pretty much did. That's kind of how it happened. You became your father's apprentice. And so all four of these guys were fishermen, which means their fathers were fishermen, which probably means their grandfathers were fishermen, which probably means their great-great-grandfathers. This was a family business that they were very familiar with, very comfortable with. And then all of a sudden, after generations of fishermen in their family, something happens, and it causes these four men to decide immediately, immediately, understand how big a decision this is? They're adults. Today, I'm done fishing. It's time for a fresh start. I'm going to amend the direction of my life. Wow. Generations of fishermen down the tubes in 30 seconds. They respond immediately. They didn't sleep on it. They didn't say, well, I'm going to wean myself off of fishing. I'm going to fish for four hours tomorrow, then I'll take a day off, then two hours the next day, then an hour, then I'll take a week off, then I'll fish one more day, and then I'll follow Jesus. They didn't wean themselves off fishing. Their way of life was over as they knew it. You know what else they do? They respond immediately, but they leave behind their comfort zone. This is what they had done every day of their lives since the day they were born and old enough to walk. They would get up, they would go to their boat, they would go fishing, they'd catch the fish, they'd bring them to the market, they'd sell them, they'd go home, they'd smell like fish, they'd maybe take a bath, the next day they'd go and fish again. They're comfortable with that. They know it very well. They know that style of life like the back of their hand. You know what else they leave? They leave their source of provision. This was a lifelong, generational vocation. And immediately they say, this one skill that I have that I'm very good at, I'm not going to trust in anymore to provide for my life. You know what else happens? They leave their families and their circle of friends that they have known their whole life. And they follow this man they may have heard about, They may have heard something about a message of repent and the gospel from John the Baptist, all the rumors going around. It's not a big region, so, but they never really met Jesus, I'm assuming. If they had, it was just like at a party where they were serving fish sticks. (laughs) And they leave all that to be with Jesus. Isn't that amazing? 
I don't know if you've ever looked at the story about the apostles being called that way before, but isn't it quite stunning that they just left their whole old life in the dust immediately when they were called? So what's the theological part of this? What is it that God does? Faith powered a fresh start. First thing I want you to see about this passage, which is very clear with the language that's in there, come with me and I will make you become fishers of men. Jesus was the seeker, not the four men that followed him. They didn't go to work saying, today I'm going to look for Jesus and he's gonna, you know, I'm going to decide to follow him. They had no idea when they woke up to go to work that day that they were not going to be fishermen by the time lunch rolled around. Jesus was the seeker, not the four men. And guys, let me tell you something. The way God works in their life is the same way he works in ours. Simon and Andrew weren't looking for Jesus. Jesus was looking for them. James and John weren't looking for Jesus. Jesus was looking for them. So Jesus was the seeker, and then Jesus caused an immediate fresh start. And by the way, Jesus didn't say, think about this and get back to me. I have a proposal for you. I want you to leave the only way you know to make money, to make provision for yourself and your family, I want you to leave all your friends, and I want you to follow me. Take a day. His call demanded immediate response and action. So my question is, who gets the credit for their response? Was it them, or based upon what I've described you with the culture of how vocations and jobs work, is it possible, just bear with me, is it possible that their response was supernatural? Is it possible that their response was socially a miracle? Would you do it? Jesus gives all four men this incredible gift of what? Yes. That allows them to respond immediately against all rational, logical thought. They just say, yep, I'm done fishing. I'm following this guy. You know what else, Jesus, part of the message of the gospel, repent and believe, Jesus didn't say, wean yourself off of sin and believe. I am so sick and tired of weaning. All baby steps, first steps, Garbage. That's not a real fresh start. Baby steps and weaning are not fresh starts. He didn't say wean. Notice the word repent in this passage. Does repent sound like something gradual? Listen, over the next couple of months, what I'd like for you to do is to think about possibly leaving behind your old life and starting to follow me. Now start slow. Don't, don't go with me today. Stay there and fish some more. And when you get home, talk to your wife and think about it. And then tomorrow, get up and go fishing, but maybe just fish six hours instead of 12 and just kind of wean yourself off of that old life. Don't leave your old life immediately. Just slowly turn your back on it over the course of time. Is that what repent sounds like to you? Jesus doesn't say wean yourself from sin and be baptized. That's not the gospel. 
Wean, to slowly detach from a source of dependence, to free yourself from a usually unwholesome habit or interest. That's wean, and that's a wimpy way out. That's an unfaithful way. That is the type of action you take when you don't have the gift of what? Faith. Because faith enables you not to wean, but to repent. To turn from sin and dedicate yourself to amending your life. Do you see the difference? Do you see how powerful the gift of faith can be in our lives? Faith doesn't give you the power to wean. It gives you the power to repent, to turn, to follow. Which would you rather have as a fresh start? Today is a day for a fresh start, and I'm going to wean myself off my old life, starting today. Or would you say today is a day for a fresh start? Today, I'm turning away from this crappy, sorry life that I've been living, and I'm living a new one. Could you imagine which one feels more powerful, more impactful, more motivating, weaning or repenting? Which one do you think these men experienced? Did they wean or did they repent? The word immediately, I think, leads us to the conclusion that they repented and did not wean themselves off. I mean, think about it this way. An internal, self-made decision wasn't what transformed the direction of their lives. It wasn't a New Year's resolution. This year, I'm going to stop fishing and following Jesus. I have decided. I mean, the decision they made would normally have been an at least a sleep-on-it type of decision, right? I mean, what was it that was so powerful in their hearts that caused them to make this irrational decision to follow Jesus? So what was their real fresh start? It was a simple one, really. It was, too, by the gift of faith, following Jesus. That is the fresh start that transformed their heart, their mind, and their life, and that is the power source that enabled them and us to repent. And get this, it had nothing to do with them. It hit them upside the head before they even knew what was happening. Faith had overcome their heart. Faith had overcome their mind. Faith had overcome their will. And they decided to turn their back on generations of a way of life and follow this man. By the way, he didn't roll up in a Bentley. He didn't roll up with very expensive priestly religious garb. He didn't roll up and look like a very experienced rabbi who everybody knew and loved. He was a little rough around the edges. You want me to leave fishing to do what? How about I go with you tomorrow, and let's see how it goes. I'm going to do a fresh start, and I'm going to try it for a day and see if I like it. They immediately left their jobs, their families, their way of life, and they decided to follow Jesus. The only thing worthy of that type of decision, of that kind of fresh start, would be to follow Jesus by the gift of faith. 
So what do you do with this devotionally? What should we do? I want to talk about generic fresh starts. Okay? Fresh starts that aren't the real thing. I got some examples of generics. How many of y'all like Captain Crunch? Oh, don't lie. Raise your hands. Come on. I love the stuff. Even though it leaves my, you know, it might cut the top of my mouth a little bit, you know, because I like it. But how many of y'all would try Lieutenant Crunch? <laughs> it says up there, it's just like Captain Crunch, but I make less money. That's what it says right on there. That's, a, that's, a, an, actual, that's an actual generic. Okay, what about this? Some of us like spam. I like it when it's fried up, you know. I mean, some of you may not like it, but if you do like it, you agree with me. But even if you don't like it, you will agree. How many of y'all would take the generic spam? Luncheon loaf. Mmm. Ha <laughs> ha. Woo. If you had to choose, which one would you eat? Thank you very much. Okay, what about, okay, I couldn't do this in a Baptist church, but I can do it here. Samuel Adams. That's good stuff, right? I mean, if you're a beer drinker, I like Sam Adams. It's got all different types of flavors for different types of, you know, different times of year. It's what do they call it? Craft beer, I guess. I don't know, but it's delicious. Delicious. Or you could have this. It's the no frills beer. That's what it says on the bottom. No frills beer. Which would you rather eat or drink? Sam Adams or the no frills beer? Y'all remember that show Lost? Like the Dharma Initiative beer, something like that. Okay, here's another one. Coke Zero. For the, I love Coke Zero, and I love Cherry Coke Zero. Some of you, oh, I don't like Diet Coke. I'm a purist. I drink the real stuff. Well, good for you. But what about this? Doesn't that look delicious? Diet Cola in a yellow can. It says calorie-free, and at the bottom it even says no name. Oh, well, thank you for clarifying that. I appreciate that. How many coffee drinkers out there? Yeah, I thought, I thought I'd save this one for last, all right? Starbucks, yeah? We love paying for name brand overpriced coffee. It's great. Tastes good. Or you could settle for Starbucks. <laughs> That's a coffee store in Korea. Starbucks coffee. <laughs> mm -mm. So... For us, responding to the gift of faith, there really is only one true fresh start. All the others, I believe, are just temporary, cheap, generic, designed to appease your guilt fresh starts. I'm going to stop worrying. I'm going to stop being a control freak. And even my friend, I was thinking about this, and all those are great, you know, there's nothing wrong with making one and to make change, but those are just generic fresh starts. They aren't the real one. All others are temporary, cheap, generic fresh starts that don't really cost you that much. And I can promise you they don't taste as good as the real thing. I can only imagine the joy in those men's hearts. John... What are we doing? I don't know, but this is really exciting. But we're not fishing anymore? No, stop fixing the nets. We don't need them. But wait, I don't know what we're going to do for a living. And, but I just know this guy called me, and I've got no choice. i got to go. i got to go.
A real fresh start inspires you to do a few things. First of all, a real fresh start that's driven by the gift of faith that results in following Jesus makes you act immediately. A real fresh start isn't scheduled three months from now. It starts today. A real fresh start will cause you to change what you rely on. A real fresh start will cause you to turn away from comfort. A real fresh start will cause you to turn away from some people. And if you're not willing to do all four of those, you're probably just settling for a generic brand fresh start that might make you feel good for a little bit, but it's not life-changing. It won't change the direction of your life. No, the very nature of a fresh start is that it is the same as repentance. If it's real, if it's real, you will experience a fresh start and it will be decisive. It will be sudden. It will be bold. It will be distinct. And the scar, the good scar that it leaves, will be permanent. It's not a gradual repentance. It's not a weaning off of the old life. That's generic fresh starts. Because those generic fresh starts are not the real thing. The only real fresh start is to follow Jesus through the gift of faith. And guys, that is where the power to repent from old ways of living comes from. It doesn't come from within your own will. It comes from within God imparting to you the gift of faith that enables you to believe in Jesus and the gospel in such a way that you say, I don't need that reliance. I don't need that comfort. I don't need those people anymore. All I need is Jesus. Right now, Jesus is calling some of you through the gift of faith Maybe for the first time, maybe it's a reminder. Some of you are being reminded about your gift of faith and your decision to follow Jesus. Because in the end, isn't that the only fresh start that really matters? In fact, and I'll give you this, all the other fresh starts are simply a byproduct of the real one. Getting off of substance abuse, getting off of abusive relationships, getting out of a controlling mindset, getting out of a mindset that worries all the time, getting out of a mindset that has an anger problem, getting out of all those things are simply a byproduct of the real thing, which is the gift of faith allowing you to follow Jesus immediately. In fact, the rest of them are just kind of pretend, play-acting, almost religious wastes of time because they're relying upon what? Human intervention instead of divine intervention. Which would you rather have powering your fresh start, human intervention or divine? Were those four men called by human intervention or divine intervention? Clearly, it was divine. That's the kind of power, guys, that's the kind of power I want in my life. How about you? Which would you rather have? What they experienced or what most people try to experience every day? 
Is he telling you to put your nets down and follow him in a fresh new way today? Is it possible? So today what we're going to do is we're going to end this service a little bit differently. I'm going to ask Megan to come out now for just a minute. Let me, we're going to do things differently today, so I just want you to stay seated for a little bit. Don't, I'm not going to give you an opportunity to go out just yet because we've got plenty of time. I'm going to invite you to sit quietly as a congregation during this song. We'll dismiss you on time, don't worry. But some of you, as you hear the gift of faith calling you, maybe to follow Jesus for the first time, or maybe to renew it, I don't know what that looks like in your heart. That's not my job to tell you. That's God's job. Because I want divine intervention for your life, not human. So I don't know what it looks like. I'll trust the God in you for that. But here's what I'd like for you to do. Each week what we've been doing during this fresh start, we've had people come up and say their name and an area they felt like God was working on them. And they'd say, today is my fresh start, and they'd ring a bell. Remember that? We've been doing that. We have some bells set up in the back. They're not really loud and abusive. They're very soft and small. They're children's handbells, so you can handle it. What I'd like for you to do is, if there is something going on in your heart, and let me share this story real quick with you. When I was a junior in high school, God had already saved me when I was a freshman, and this was a junior two years later. I was in a church service, much like this one Sunday morning, and there was a Korean missionary that was preaching, and he didn't speak a word of English. He had a tra- his wife would translate for him. And he was preaching about, he used to be a very wealthy business tycoon in Korea. And then one day God called him to preach and he left behind everything he knew. And he started recounting how God had provided, how God had used, how God had called. And I remember hearing this in the middle of this, I'm crying, and I'm gripping the pew in front of me, and I can't stand this anxiety I have. Like, I'm hearing this, and I know this is me. This is the life that I want. And I remember as soon as it was over, they gave what they call, you know, like an opportunity to respond. And you know what happened? I was the only one to church of about 800 people. As soon as the first note was played by the musician, I jumped out, and I ran to the front, and I prayed with my pastor. I said, God is calling me to follow him today. Now, I didn't decide to be a pastor that day. I didn't decide to go to Bible college. I didn't decide all these other things that I decided. But the decision that was made that day was when Jesus, by the gift of faith, called me and said, I'm going to use you to be fisher of men. That's my story. So today, one might be like that for one of you. So what I want you to do is as God is calling you and you feel that draw, just quietly get up, go to the back, And as you're walking, it can be short. Jesus, today, by faith, I'm following. Ring the bell and leave quietly. And if you don't want to get up and ring the bell, that's fine too. You can do that inside if you'd like. But what happens is when you ring the bell, it will be an encouragement that we are a family growing together, learning what it means to follow Jesus. And every time the bell rings, it'll be an encouragement for your brothers and sisters and say, hey, I'm with you. Just go back, ring it, leave quietly. And after a while, Megan will close us. 
you don't have to leave if you don't want. You can come back to your seat or you can leave quietly either way. But you guys get the idea, right? I'm inviting you to listen to the call of Jesus and he's asking you maybe to respond immediately. No more weaning. No more gradual. Fresh start. Today, I'm going to follow Jesus. Beautiful.